If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Fire Up Michigan. My name is Scott Morgan off the Motor City Mad Mouth. Pleased to be joined by George Icorn and Smoking Jeremy B. And, you know, tonight, reading in the title, the Detroit Lions are sniffing the playoffs, and they're doing it after a really convincing win over the Minnesota Vikings. But that said, you know what, we're going to we have another one in the chat room. We'll go out there and mention Will Vogel. It says, hi, guys, the Lions are a very good sneaky team. Well, well, I don't think they're sneaking by anybody now. They may have started out one and six, but they're six and seven, so they're not sneaking at all, and they're getting a lot of their due on national TV. With that said, let me go over the storylines tonight. We're only going to be talking about the Lions this evening. Lions with a win over the Minnesota Vikings, 34-23. With that said, Jeremy, why don't we go out there and give us a basic summary of this contest? <laughs> Sorry, he's, he's chewing on something, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. When he when he gets it down the hatch, as my grandma's used to say, then then he can be chewing on the Minnesota Vikings. All right. But that said, George, why don't you give me your comments on it? Well, well, you know, when they started out. they started selling standing room only tickets, you knew they were going to have a huge crowd, so they had over sixty six thousand. The place was rocking as usual. When the Lions are playing well, the place rocks and rocks and rocks. Vikings came in 10 and 2, but the odd part was they weren't favored. Uh, one of the strange twists that you'll see from Vegas and the odds makers had Detroit favored, and they read they read into it very well that the Lions were on a roll and uh, they favored the Vikings uh, to lose. I mean, <laughs> the I think that's the first time in NFL history that a team that was five and seven went out there. It was savored over a team that was ten and three. That is, it was very unusual. A very. It was the first time in the Super Super Bowl era they made sure they said it that way, right? Because it happened once before, pre Super Bowl. So Super Bowl, uh, yeah, of course, goes back to nineteen sixty seven, I believe. Right. Um, Well, no, I mean, it was just a. It was everything was laid out perfectly for Detroit to come up with the victory, and they did. I, I really am impressed by the job that Dan Campbell and his staff have done. Yeah, take it from there, Jeremy. All right. The Lions never trailed the Vikings in this game. The Vikings tied it up at the end of the first and could never play catch-up again after that. Um, we shut them down in the second quarter. We scored in the second quarter, which is our lull quarter. That is the one quarter, and it's been ever since Barry Sanders has been here. The second quarter has been a lull for the Lions. We have not been able to put points up on the board in the second quarter, especially not touchdowns, maybe a field goal or two, but we weren't putting up seven points. We scored every quarter. We scored convincingly. We were, we got, Hutchison had eight pressures with two, uh, a sack and a half or two sacks. I can't, can't remember which it is. Where is it at? Oh yeah. He, he was given a sack and a half. So, so a sack and a half plus five and a half, that equals seven, right? Uh, right? Do I hear defensive rookie of the year? Are they 
<laughs> two and and still tied with Sauce Gardner with two interceptions as a rookie. The only only guy only rookie with more interceptions than Sauce Gardner and Aiden Hutchinson is Kirby Joseph. Lions. All right, so let me let me, Lions. let me go over <laughs> here first of all. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, uh, Fire Up Michigan can be heard on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. And if it went over too fast, guess what? I will go a little bit slower as the ticker comes in front of me. Once again, Fire Up Michigan can be heard on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. And we have a lot of other podcast providers that we don't get into. These are the major four. This show is also being seen on the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. So, all you need to do is go to youtube.com, look for South Florida Tribune, hit the subscribe button. It's as easy as that. If you're watching it, I believe you can actually go ahead and hit the subscribe button on your screen. But, you know, there's a couple ways to do it. With that said, I want to go to my first main point. I just touched on it. The Lions, like I said, have won five of six. After starting out one and six, and now they're currently six and seven. George, what's your take on that? Well, it's, it's an amazing turnaround. We've talked about it before on this show on Monday night and how things changed once they fired that defensive coach. Uh, they got rid of T.J. Hawkinson, and, you know, the, the, everybody was panicking. Remember they were panicking, guys? Oh, well, we don't want to lose that early-round draft choice, meaning the Lions draft choice, not the L.A. Rams. The fans that were calling for that look like fools right now. You know, the team is really playing well. They, they have bought in. They have bought into what Brad Holmes and – Dan Campbell and his staff have done, and that is to to wear this team on his on their sleeves. I shouldn't just say his sleeve. The Lions are playing with momentum, with enthusiasm, with character. They're not taking any gruff. And like Hutchinson and other players have said, don't put that SOS crap in our face. We're not buying it. We're not the same old Lions that people have seen year after year after year. Of course, the true test is going to come. What can we do in the final four games of the season? Three of them on the road. We'll get to that later. But my take is, is that this team is for real. This team is for real, and the media and the national press and the national television stations are watching them now. And maybe they'll even put the Lions into some flex scheduling or even that Green Bay game, if it's a meaning, meaningful game, will go into a Don't tonight. do it. Why? Don't do it. Don't do it. They've got a chip on their shoulder from not being in any primetime games. they Remember Dan Campbell? He goes, I love it. My guys get the second most rest this season. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> That's funny. Don't give us a primetime. Well, hold Screw on. Them. Let's talk about the records. Now you really got me going. So let's go back to the five and six, last six and seven thought, one and six when it began. All right. What's your take on that? Because you guys are already segueing me where I plan to go anyways. All right, Jeremy, focus on I that. said this preseason, this was a 7-10 to 10 win team. They are twice as talented as they were last year. Last year, we got three wins and a tie. According to Vegas, that's three and a half. It was a push on the bet. I know I made it. But <laughs> anyways, um, you realize I'm one win. And two Bears losses from cashing out for $783 on my four-game parlay on the over-under for the season. Well, good for you. That'll help you pay a few bills. All right. <laughs> well, that'll help you pay a few bills. That day, George, we're not talking about the games later. We're talking about uh, 
I don't think that uh, you know, Jeremy. You and, must have been, you, Jeremy. You must have been on something because you were drinking that Kool Aid if you thought this team was ten more worthy of ten wins or even anything above seven. I said, I knew they were going to win over seven. Well, I knew. I don't think they are twice think. as talented. They're better coached than they were on offense last year. Last year, the first ten weeks, the offense was the Achilles heel of this team. Was I it know. not? I agree. I agree. The offense came and out. And the defense smart. wasn't good either. And then all of a sudden, we get rid of Anthony Lynn. Right. What started happening? They started the winning. offense all of a sudden goes, the offense started to play better. We damn near beat the Bears on Thanksgiving that time. Oh, yeah. I then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. We beat the Vikings. Well. It's boom. We smoked the Cardinals. A number one seed at that time. There has never been a team that was slated to get the number one pick overall, beat a number one seed, and the Lions did it twice last year. That is what gave me hope coming into the season. You had that fire at the end of the year that they all got fired up. They were ready to rock. They were all fired up and talking about all the rookies and all the interviews, but talking about the rookies, all the players were super excited about it. I said, because they're twice as talented as last year, the basement should be seven wins. Okay, well, 3.5 times right. two is seven. All right. Thank you for the explanation. Yeah, I thanks didn't see it the, that way. but And thanks for the math, too. At least I know you know how to go ahead yeah. and do the 3.5 times two equals seven. With that said, we're going to go to the remaining schedule, okay? Lions get the Jets on the road. They might, might as well call it. The Meadowlands are second home because they're playing two games there. They beat the Giants. Hopefully, it's no longer it's no longer the Meadowlands though. It's the MetLife Stadium, and it's I no longer it. the MetLife Stadium for me. They're not going to fall for it, those uh, phony titles. Hey, Jeremy, say it, it is, it is the field not, of knees. I do not give advertising unless they put money in my pocket. That's my rule, Jeremy. So we're going to go back to what I said, sir. Okay, what Icorn would say, sir. Okay. Sir. George made a very popular while we were doing this stuff earlier. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, there you go. I don't know if I do a lot. But anyway, <laughs> all right, but anyway, they will be playing in the Meadowlands for the second time this year, and the Jets are on the road at 7-6. and six. And then we'll talk about the rest of the schedule, and then you guys can both an analyze it. So the Jets are the only team of this group, which is over 500 at 7-6. and six. Then they get the Carolina Panthers on the road December 24th, who are 5-8 and eight and looking pretty good and in their own playoff race. The Chicago Bears on January 4th, which, by the way, is my anniversary. And then, of course, and they're 3-10, and 10, and then the Green Bay Packers, whom George Eichhorn probably fares, who played on my wedding day six years ago, and they're 5-8 and eight on January 8th. So with that said, okay. Okay, with all special. the pardon yeah. me? They're special this year. I, I, special I Ed. Can, I can start out. I can I can start it out, Scott. You know, there's a guy, Kornacki, who makes his prediction for the path to the playoffs. And he gave Detroit a 45% chance to beat the Jets. He gave Detroit a 58% chance to beat Carolina. He gave us a 68% chance to beat the Bears and a 41% chance. I have no idea where he gets these from to beat Green Bay. All I'm saying is that the Lions have a 50 or chance, 50% or better chance to beat all those teams right now. And mm -hmm. I would say it's even greater. 
you know, the 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 Jets are are following the footsteps of the Giants. They're doing the New York shuffle. They're folding. They're 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 phonies. Some of these Plus, teams. Mike White got hurt yesterday. Right, right, and you know they're following in the footsteps of the damn Yankees. Even I mean, the New York shuffle here is going on. So, to, to answer your question, Scott, I think Detroit has the most favorable schedule out of the teams that they're fighting with, which would be Washington, the Giants, and Seattle right now. The Lions had the most favorable schedule. Do you not agree, Jeremy? Uh, yes, they have the most favorite favorable schedule. The weakest schedule was the, the Washington yep. Commanders overall. It was actually the whole NFC East was weaker than the Lions schedule. Even their first place team had a weaker schedule than the Lions. Why? That division played itself twice, and they thought they were that bad. But, as we saw, right now, it's them and the AFC East are the two best divisions in football. All right, so let me make a point here that George alluded to, whether you like it or not, Jeremy, okay? I don't care because I, I, I've i known Icorn forever, and we definitely know it between us. If there is a game that could get flexed, it is definitely the Lions and the Packers. I believe that for two reasons, Jeremy. Number one, who in their right mind would not flex the Lions and the Packers with the rivalry Detroit and Green Bay, let alone the fact that the Lions have a chance to get in the playoffs to begin with. So so the Lions and the Packers are an attractive flex because of the rivalry and the Lions getting in the playoffs. Now, I will tell you this, though, Jeremy. Candy and I went to a game at Lambeau Field that was actually moved to national television for the divisional title. So I think as much as Dan Campbell would like to say, hey, I don't like the primetime games, Maybe not. No, that, that isn't what I'm saying. He's, okay. Uh, when I'm just making sure that I have a chance to say a thing or two here. No, even though I like it when you dominate everything, that's because you're, you're a pretty colorful cat here. Okay. A little, little lion cat. But the way, the way I look at it is I think that this would be a mega ratings boom with the Lions and the Packers anyways. Yeah, Dan Campbell likes the extra wrestling. You won't need it during the last game of the year. You know, during the year is one thing. But knowing you're the last game, you're not sure where you're going to travel anyways. Now you'd be great. <clears throat> the Lions are getting more national notoriety, something they're not accustomed to doing. So, yeah, I think I, I definitely believe, to me, that the Lions and the Packers of this group would most likely be the one that could get flexed. I don't see Carolina. On- no, I agree with you, Scott. You're not going to get Carolina. You're not going to get – well, it's too late for the Jets. The, you can't flex this late. And the other one is Stinky, the Bears. Although, watch out for the last game between Washington. Guess who they play? The Cowboys. Well, that's okay. That'll be flexed. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, listen, Jeremy, if Washington Cowboys, then, you know, we'll go ahead and send you a beer back in Michigan. George will make sure you get it. I don't know what you drank. It doesn't matter. We'll, uh, uh, I, I'm not saying it won't be. What I'm saying is Dan Campbell doesn't give a crap. The I reason why he doesn't give a crap is the rest of the team. And I mean – Rest as in get healthy rest. This is that's why this team is getting healthy. That bye week being early while we were very injured at the time that helped this team get to this point right now. Romeo Quara played five to ten snaps as I predicted. Jamo was in his 10 to 20 snaps as I predicted, but nobody, nobody knew that his first catch was going to be 40 plus yards and a touchdown. Right. 
Right. Okay. I mean, hey, listen, you know what? I think it's a fun topic to talk about because in this day and age, okay, where everybody's betting on everything anyways, you might have bets out there, What which game's going to get flags. Huh? And one of these days, I'm going to bring some of these gambling people on here, you know, throughout Twitter or LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah. I'd like to get some of these people. I'm yeah. looking for different and the thing about And the thing about Dan Campbell is, hey, watch out. Okay, you can enjoy it this year. Okay, Jeremy or Campbell can. Right. But next year, when you see that schedule come up, you better damn well believe the Lions are going to be on more than just Thanksgiving Day. I'll, yeah, I'll, guarantee, right. I'll guarantee you right now they're going to be on three times next year. Yeah, TV. we were on we were on national TV three times last year. Well, I'm after an saying. abysmal year, after an abysmal year with Matt Patricia and company. You know, play that media card and practice card, okay? Because first of all, if they play Green Bay, that means nighttime. So he, the players are getting seven hours extra rest. Uh, if they play Green Bay at 8 o'clock instead of 1 okay. o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Let's say the Eagles <laughs> falter and lose another game down the stretch, right? And Dallas is winning out. Washington is on the cusp of making the playoffs. They have to beat Dallas to get in. I guarantee you that game I... would get flexed to prime time before the Green Bay Packers and Lions because the only draw that we would have is if – Aaron Rodgers is playing in that game. We lose one more game. He's sitting out the season. He already said it. If Packers lose one more game, he's sitting out the season. Right. Once they're mathematically eliminated. You bring up a good so, point. Or, so or then, Aaron Rodgers says, this is my final game in the NFL, which I don't think will be. Well, bear in mind, when they played each other last year, Jordan Love played over at Ford Field anyways the last yep. game of the year. And now I hear there's talk that Jordan Love really wants to get out of Green Bay. Anyhow, but we're not going to get into that. We have a lot more to get to. I want to make sure I touch yeah. everything. So that uh, speaking of which, later. do you know why they pulled Aaron Rodgers after they said in the Friday interview, oh, he's going to play the whole game because we don't want him to get rusty for the playoffs. Remember that speech? Right. That, That's true. Do you know why? Do you know why they pulled him? Because we had 12 QB hits in a quarter and a half, and they said, oh, my God, they're going to kill the son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. thankfully this is not an FCC-sanctioned show, Jeremy. Sorry, sir. Sorry, yeah, sir. Will, just... uh, Scott, uh, Will weighed in with another comment here. Yeah. Well, he made a few about, comments. About Dan Campbell. Right. Well, he says he loves Dan Campbell, and he's a coach that you run through walls with. Yep. Uh, so he gives everything God. Yeah, these are okay. things. I'm glad that we'll identify those. All right, but nevertheless, okay, it'll be interesting. I, I usually get all these notes from the NFL through NFL communication, so I know which ones are being flexed. And when the time does that, I go ahead and go ahead get it. I'll definitely pass it on to everybody. Oh, I, I got you. I, I, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying if that situation is between Washington and Dallas and Detroit just has to win a game to get in, they will put that Dallas Washington game ahead of it. Is all I'm getting you at. Two great rivalries between Detroit and Green Bay and Dallas and Washington. You're not going to go wrong ratings wise with either of them. It's just no. But again, right. this will be a TBD. Okay. With that said, let's go over a couple little minor points here. And the next thing we're going to talk about is how does that Stafford Goff trade look now? Jeremy, you seem to be the authority on this one a lot. Okay. It's looking like Stafford will either have to miss all of next year or retire because it depends on whether he gets the, the spinal fusion in his neck to correct the injury. If he decides he wants to do physical therapy, he's out at least another season. 
if he gets the spinal fusion, he may never play football again because he won't be able to turn his head. So if you ask me, in the law, you remember we said there's three parts of a trade. That's what they say in baseball. The short, the mid, the long. They won the short. They got their Super Bowl. We won the mid because Goff's still playing, and he's playing at a level better than Stafford did last year at this time. Okay. He has yeah. less interceptions, almost as many touchdowns, almost as many yards, and he doesn't have a Cooper Cup going for 2,000 yards in one damn season. Right. Oh, I mean, so we're winning the mid because Stafford's injured and he's not playing. And when he was playing, it was pretty bad. Right. It was really bad. Well, he was well, leading right the league in interceptions at 17 at the time before he got hurt. Well, right now his receiving core is very depleted anyways. Cup is out for a while. Allen Robinson hasn't played his capabilities, and now he's hurt. So, you know, Allen yeah. Ro- uh, Robinson hasn't played to his abilities for three years. Go back and look mm-hmm. at Chicago. He was last in separation the year before at Chicago. He's last in separation out of all the wide receivers in the league again right. this year. The only one with less separation than him is the one that opened his fat mouth to piss off the Lions, Jalen Rager. Okay. All right. So with that said, Jeremy, at the moment, what where, where's, where are we looking at with the Rams draft choice? Do you have any idea? Is it four now or three? It's fourth. It's fourth still. If Baker Mayfield keeps saving that team, I'm going to wring his neck. It's nice to know. Thankfully, he's probably going to <laughs> and that year here in uh, Michigan. All right, George, some thoughts. Well, about- I'll go to. Know, I'll I'm drive not, there. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not going to rule out Stafford uh, right now coming back. Not this year, but in the future. So, uh, yeah, I mean, on the paper, the Lions do look like they they've got a better deal going for themselves. Obviously, I mean, you know, if things stay the same. Um, let's just talk about the fact that, you know, uh, Goff has got some good guys around him now, Chark and St. Brown and Josh Reynolds and our boy Williams, who came out of nowhere. And we're going to talk more about individuals, but I'm just saying that the Lions have done a nice job surrounding Goff with some talent on the, at the wideout position. So I'm really, I'm really happy that, uh, Goff has, is happy here. Because he is. Oh. You see you see those interviews. You see those in, that enthusiasm from Goff in the huddle, on the sidelines, and in the locker room after the game, and, of course, on HBO in the preseason. So uh, what we're talking about here is a guy that you can go to town with. You can go to work with on this team. You don't have to start looking for a rookie high up in the draft, even though I thought would, they would have to do that in the offseason. It's right. not looking like that's going to be likely right now. Okay. Well, here, let's go over one other brief point. Then I'm going to do a little bit of name dropping. Sure. And this, this will be a very brief segment to little mini ones. All right. Number one, we'll talk about the touchdowns. The Lions ended up getting a good one from Chark. I saw him play it with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I knew the only problem with DJ was staying on the field. Otherwise, he'd be a stud. Number two, Josh Reynolds. You guys alluded to him. And Jamison Williams with that 41-yard Pass. I think it was it his only reception of the day, I believe, right? Yes, yes, it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Justin Jackson. So, Jeremy, I'll start with you first. Give me your thoughts about the touchdown beneficiaries yesterday and keep it very brief because I want because I'm going to spend some time on the name dropping segment. Okay. You know, that first touchdown that went to Jamison Williams, you could see that that secondary was missing Harrison Smith. 
because okay. that strong safety didn't know where he was supposed to be. He ran up under. And Jamison Williams was so wide open, he stopped, turned Goff. around, and waved at Goff, saying, I'm here. And he drops it in, and then he ran in for three yards because that's how far everybody was away from him. The yards of separation on that play was 17 from the safety that was supposed to be there. Right. Unbelievable. And you know what? What I like, guys, is you know what he did? Now, I will say this. He bypassed his teammates for a celebration in the in the end zone and went looking for his daddy. I yeah, that was awesome. to give that kid yeah. a ton of credit. What he did was, was commendable. That first touchdown, first catch in his career, he went looking for his father. He actually did find him. Then there was plenty of time to celebrate with his teammates. But let me ask you this, guys. You never see that. I'm, uh, You know, I mean, in the NFL, it's always about me, 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 and my teammates. Don't get me wrong. It's good to celebrate with your teammates. But I loved it. I loved it. He was looking for his father oh, in, in the stands I, I, that, to give his dad that ball. Well, let's hey, speak hey. the reality here, okay, about Jamison Williams. The kid's been through a lot. The Lions made a gamble, and it worked. They did. They knew – it's one thing to trade up at number 12. It's another to try to hit a home run on a wide receiver who goes in the league injured. Uh, so what, wait, wait, I got a it, question though. What did we turn that Rams pick into? Jamison Williams and Josh right. Pascal. Right. No, I know. That's what you're, thanks for making my point for me. Woo! Yeah, so, <laughs> well, no, it, it worked out quite well that you go out there and you trade up with a divisional opponent, by the way. And I'm going to get to that again. Moment, so hang tight, Jeremy. Yeah, okay. we got another one of divisional to talk about. On the task at hand here. Let's say, <laughs> okay, but you, so Williams makes out like a bandit with his first touchdown pass. Okay, worked out real well. And let's not forget the contributions of D, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, and Justin Jackson. We're going to leave it at that. Okay, because it's good that they were able to have one touchdown a piece that obviously led to the end result so all right now we'll go back to where i know jeremy's headed the other trade tj hawkinson not a good return for the guy okay so now you're nodding your head now you can speak please uh his name is no longer tj hawkinson it's not tj hawkin who it's tj dropinson he had four drops in that game. He had six catches for 70 yard, 77 yards, 12.8 average. Yeah, that's great. But when they needed him to catch it, when it meant the most, third downs, especially that one that hit him right in the hands a yard and a half away from the sideline. When he dropped that pass, I said, and that's why we traded you. Oh, I don't know what stats you're looking at. I got him for eight targets and six catches. That's two misses. You said four. Where'd you get four I saw from? four. I saw well, four. Well, on the official stat sheet on the NFL, it's eight targets and six receptions. Yeah, and how many targets did they say for Justin Jefferson? Well, talk to me about that. Where was the Lions secondary covering Jefferson yesterday? Nowhere. Well, uh, well, no, that's not true because Okuda was in for two of those plays. He didn't get a catch. Then when they put A.O., and they and Mike Hughes on him. That's another story. <laughs> I noticed we were running zone to try to help AO be the player he was last year when we ran more zone. It didn't work. You know why? Because AO is busted up here mentally somehow. The emergence of Jeff Okuda, I think, got in his head. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was our number one corner. I'll give you that. Well, 
Well, nevertheless, it's not uncommon for a guy to have a great effort beyond the losing end of it. I've seen that time and time again. And obviously, the, all Kudos. he did know, Justin Jefferson will set a new franchise record for receptions in a game. So if nothing else, you know what? And the reception record, yards yeah. in a game. He set the franchise record for reception yards in the game at 223, My which he I... beat. He, you what? said receptions. Oh, it was right. reception well, yeah, yards. If but, I uh, 223 receptions, and my goodness, I'm really good. I don't know what league <laughs> I'm playing in. Maybe right. I, I want to know what quarterback has an arm to throw it that much in one game. But yeah. anyways. <laughs> well, no, let me finish my uh, outrageous thought. Maybe they're playing in the CFL, okay? Not the Canadian Football League, but the Chinese Football League. So there you go. <laughs> and there's no such thing. So I, 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 I know. That. Uh, yeah, uh, from that being said, the – the gentleman that he beat, everybody said, oh, it's got to be Randy Moss. Oh, it's got to be Chris Carter. No, it's from 1976. It was Scotty James who set the franchise record at 212 versus the Detroit Lions. Of course. They wow. always beat the Lions, the purple people eaters. No, there was a losing game that the game, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I can't put one on you. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> you're you're not dealing with a uh, certain bird here. This guy knows his stuff. Okay, okay. That's why I devoted an entire show because I knew Jeremy was going to pile yeah, some but, stuff up. But, but Scott, you talk about players, okay? Yeah. Cook, you know this big running back, Cook, 15 attempts for 23 yards, 1.5 average. Okay, so it gets better. I, it gets I get better. I get your point. You know, yeah, Alex let, Madison let, had two carries for negative one yards. They let Jefferson have a field day, and they shut down Cook. He was nothing. All right. Well, here let's just let's put a bow on this thing, okay? The Lions have now are now two and zero in fleecing the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, they got Williams, yes. and they also got rid of Hawkinson, and they got draft capital, and they're going to get production, and that's where this one ends. All right. Now we're going to do some name dropping. Sure. All right, and we're going to do some name dropping, and we will start with Ben Johnson. Will he be with the Lions next year, knowing that when the Lions get a pretty, pretty good coach and this is an offense? And I want short answers here so we can cover them all. So, Jeremy, first, okay, will Ben Johnson be with the Detroit Lions next year, yes or no? If it's a yes or no, I can't say yes. I, I think it's maybe at this point. All right, well, it's I'll in the middle. Maybe. Okay, I'll, I'll include that as a, as a choice. All right. Because so I he, think he's going to get some head coach offers after how well he's coached this offense. Yeah, and that's what Dan Campbell wants. He wants his assistant coaches to get head jobs. Don't be surprised if Deuce Staley at some point gets consideration too. I'm going to yeah. keep him shut. But, but you know what? <laughs> I, I don't have him on the list, so I'm not going to do it. So you're saying maybe for Ben Johnson. What about you, George? I'm going to say no because uh... – Typically, those Lions assistants were interviewed like one year, but they're not selected that same year. So I'm going to say he's going through the first round of those kind of interviews, possibly, but he'll stay here one more year at least. So Lions. Oh, so yes, he'll be here is what he's saying. Yes. He said, okay. Yes. Yeah, so Lions jobs are based on continuity, and we need to see this instead of this instant gratification where they won five or six and they're looking awfully good. All right, the next one we're going to have, this is pretty fun because then this guy came out. There were a lot of receivers that came out in that draft, and I'm referring to Jalen Waddell and Jamar Chase, and a lot of Lions fans wanted those two guys, but they opted to make the smarter move in the offensive lineman. 
So let's talk about Penny Sewell. And yes, he got an eight yard pass and he caught it. I'm sure that, all right, smoking. You know, in terms of Ben Johnson, though, I think I would go the maybe route too. You know, it would take an incredible job for him to leave, but I say he stays another year. But but maybe. And he's going to get paid to be here too. I, yeah. He's he's earned a raise. Okay, well, I have a feeling yeah. he'll do it, but that wasn't the question, okay? No, but, I know. All right, but anyways, we go back to Penny Sewell and the fact that his first reception was an eight-yard, and I love the way he walked throwing his arms around and the enthusiasm that they ran it. And that was a key play in the ball game. So, but that's that. Um, that was a game ceiling play of the ball game because that first down allowed him to push down for the next uh, field goal. If I remember right. Right. So when he uh, caught that pass, I wasn't just impressed that the fact he caught the pass, I wasn't just impressed with the play call. It was how he caught the pass. He high pointed that football like an actual receiver or tight end. And then he did the smart thing. He ran to the sticks. He saw people were getting ready to push him out. He said, screw it. I'm just going to fall down. Okay. I mean, that was brilliantly smart. The kid's way more athletic than everybody gave him credit for. And everybody said this was a hall of fame tackle talent. Now we see why. You don't have that type of athleticism usually out of a tackle being a um, receiver el- eligible. Right. Hey, George, Penny Sewell. Well, I mean, you know, he had a great time in this, and it was a great catch. You're right, Jeremy. Uh, just surprised the hell out of me, too. I mean, you know, the referee always opens the mic and says, so and so's in, you know, as an eligible receiver, you know, okay, all right. You know, it happens all the time in football. No, never did I think that he was going to pull it off. But they have been practicing that play. They've been working on stuff like that. Hell of a job. Sewell looks great. I got, Hell of a job. I, want, I got. Yep. I got one more tidbit to add to that. And so, as of this season, that means Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell, who make combined almost twice as much as what Kenny Galladay was, has twice as many touchdowns as he has. It's not saying much, but okay. All right, well, here, I'll say Oh, yes, it is. It's saying a lot. It's saying we saved $19 million. Brad Holmes is a genius. Yeah, well, I knew that. When I said it, I'm not, that doesn't say much. <clears throat> when you talk about Kenny Galladay, it's not like, like you're raising the bar high. All right, but we'll leave. Uh, Will Vogel did some breaking news during the game there. Uh, Kyler Murray got carted off in the first quarter. It looked like an ankle injury. Yeah. So, so I got to get, I got to change my pick because I said New England would win. Now Colt McCoy's going in. It's a Texas quarterback. They're winning. All right. Well, well, thanks a lot for the breaking news. I figure <laughs> we're going to get it one way or the other while we're locked in. At least we got his eyes looking out there for us. Thanks, Will. And speaking of which, we'll use Will's comments here as a way to segue to our next guest. Yes, we all know Will and the whole world knows it. Goff is playing out of his mind. Let me go over a couple basic numbers from yesterday. And I mean basic Jared Goff, 330 yards, three touchdowns. It's a pretty good day at the office for Mr. Goff. And and I've always believed that but when the Lions made the trade, I actually wanted to see him make it straight up for Stafford alone. But Brad Holmes was so smart, he got draft capital and fleeced. I, I guess that's a great word we use when it comes to Brad Holmes a lot. But nevertheless, well, yeah, he is playing out of his mind. And with Jared Goff, 330 yards versus three touchdowns, you're stating the obvious, but I'd like to get this guy's comments up. 
So with that said, George, give me your thoughts on Jared Goff. Well, I know he has two years left yeah. on his contract, and I have a feeling if the Lions are wise, they're going to lock him up and then maybe draft a quarterback in the third or fourth round. I don't think they have to go in the first round at all. But you never know. We'll see where we're yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting smarter. I'm not second guessing Brad Holmes ever again. Go no, ahead, no, and I'm not going to second guess golf either. You know, 330 yards, like you said, Scott, 27 completions, no interceptions, zero. And once again, he is doing unbelievable in that department. He is not throwing wild. He is not throwing desperate. He's not getting intercepted. And that is good. The cut down on the turnovers, the fumbles and things like that. So I believe that Goff is on a roll right now. He's playing some great football. Uh, Jeremy talked about it earlier on, and I agree that uh, you stack him up against Stafford. There's no comparison right now. I mean, as far as what 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 Goff is doing for the Lions right now, and working with guys that are uh, they bought in, they bought in, they bought into the Lions' defensive. I'm sorry, offensive scheme, and Goff is playing some great football right now. Okay, where you All want right. to go, Jeremy? Well, let's see. This season, let's let's talk about this season alone. He already has 109 yards more than last year with 3,352. He has 22 touchdowns. Do you realize that's tied for fifth in the NFL? Not. And he has seven interceptions, tied for 14th. His QBR which I hate QBR because that goes by win-loss record. Because he has one more loss than he has wins, it's a measly 61.2. But compared to last year, with three wins, that QBR was 52. So that's a nine-point swing by QBR. Um, He's completing passes. I think they said after that game he's up to 65.6% now. So 65.6% is a step back. But you got to look. How many games did he not have a single one of his starters on the field? Right, right, exactly. Good point. And yeah. those were the ones that he had his worst completion percentage. Why? No one could get separation. Goff does not put the ball in bad places often. Yes, he's going to throw a pick or two a game. It's going to happen. Good quarterbacks do that when they're a good game manager because – Eventually, you got to throw it to somebody, or you're going to get hit, or you're going to fumble, or something. Yeah, I like I like what Vogel where he goes golf most improved player this year for the award. Uh, I could go with that. So I'm not sure about that. Well, I don't know. I mean, look at the year the guys having. All right, well, let's transition over to Aiden Hutchinson. We all know that if there's anybody worthy of defensive rookie of the year, to me, I definitely think Aiden's right there. All right, Jeremy, uh, give me your thoughts about Aiden Hutchinson. Well, after it actually ended up being six pressures yesterday, not eight. So you add the six with the 38 pressures he has now. He has 44 pressures. Do you realize that the worst team at pressure in the NFL is the Chicago Bears? They have less pressures than Aiden Hutchinson. (laughs) You and those stats, Jeremy, that was a good one. All right, George. He has seven and a half sacks. He has 12 QB hits. He has two interceptions. He has eight tackles for loss. All right, Mr. Statman. All right, Mr. Statman. We'll turn over. Mr. Statman, I believe you. Okay, drinking that Kool-Aid. Aiden is doing well. He's playing By the gallon. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You you know what you ought to do, Jeremy, is you ought to at least change that color to blue when you start drinking it on the air. When we're on live, 
You should at least. I, I'm going to get me some blue food coloring. Yes, there we go. Blue, or get that blue Gatorade at the store. Sorry, Scott. I promoted a company. Oh, I don't know. Aiden is doing great. The kid is just so full of enthusiasm. He loves the game. He's a gamer. You know, Jeremy bought his jersey, 97. What more, what more can I say? I mean, we want him to win that Rookie of the Year award, and the Detroit media better start pushing it is all I got to say. Because you know, Scott, as well as I do, you've covered football a long time, and we damn know well that those L.A. and Detroit and Chicago and Philadelphia and Dallas markets always seem to have these players that win all these awards, and we don't get them in Detroit. So, yeah, the bandwagon is full. And Aiden is doing a hell of a job. And he's another one that was quoted after the game yesterday about saying, this is a different Lions team. Don't give us that SOS crap from previous years. Because his dad and his mom, they lived through that SOS stuff, as we know. But anyways, Aiden is doing a hell of a job. And might I also say, his U of M team did a hell of a job without him this year. Yeah, they did. But I know that's another day and another show we'll preview that game. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about Aiden Hutchinson is this. I'll go back to draft day. The Lions wasted no time getting their pick up there, and the NFL wasn't too happy because they got up there so fast. So the, the NFL was mad at the Lions because they wanted to string it out longer. The Lions said, I got my guy. We're taking him, and that's it. So, And, you know, we all know what he's With done. With both those picks. With both of those picks in the first round. Right, I know, but I'm, I'm keeping it on point. Jeremy with Aiden, okay? And, and mm-hmm. that being the fact that the Lions wasted absolutely no time getting them up there. And while everybody's out there interviewing, everybody's waiting, the Lions aren't drinking that Kool-Aid at all. Aiden Hudson, you're a guy. And having watched the Jacksonville game against Indianapolis, I thought the Jaguars were going to take him, but they took the kid out of Georgia instead. And you know what? Dropping the second isn't the worst thing in the world, knowing that you didn't have to leave the state, much less you're very familiar with the roads. All right. I got four more players I want to get to before we call it a night. Jeremy, I know you have another show shortly, so I want to make sure you get to that. That's fine. On time. So you mentioned him earlier, DJ Chark, one year, $10 million. I think it was a pretty good move. And if the Lions keep him healthy, there's no doubt they're going to retain this guy. I saw him firsthand. I knew he was good. I told everybody in Michigan he was good. And as long as he's, and again, durability with the, and I should point out too, even though it's not Lions related, T.Y. Hilton signed with the Dallas Cowboys today, just to let you know. So they're not going after Odell Beckham Jr., but the Cowboys landed T.Y. Hilton, who, by the way, I saw him play at FIU, and he was a heck of a player against Florida Atlantic. But all right, we'll keep on point. E.J. Chark, one year, $10 million. I can definitely see the Lions bringing it back. Jeremy, some quick thoughts on D.J. Chark. I hope they do bring him back, and I hope it's kind of a little more of an extended prove-it deal this time. Right. Because then we don't have to look for anybody other than the contested catch guy. This guy can't stay healthy, so you want him to be a burner. You want him and Williamson taking the top off the safety zone. That's all you need him for. Right. Then everything underneath opens up. We got Amon Ra, who's six foot. Quintus Cephas, if he could stay on the field, he's six foot one. We also have who's the other guy we got that's semi big? Oh, Josh Reynolds. He's what six two, six right. foot. Yeah. We need a guy that's in between six foot three and six foot six with a bigger frame, two twenty plus. That way he can withstand the hits from linebackers and the bigger safeties over the middle. So we got a big guy in the middle, and I'm not talking about a tight end. I'm talking about a wide receiver. Right now, if 
If anyone who wanted Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle over Panay Sewell needs their head examined. Is all um, I got to say. You mentioned that earlier. Well, um, don't say that to the Cincinnati Bengals. They feel like they made it all right. And the Dolphins feel like they made it all right with Jalen Waddle, so they don't need their head examined. Just ask, 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 ask Joe Burrow if he's really happy with that first game when he threw five picks because he had so many people in his face. He, he was right, a blurred vision. Well, look at the body of work, Jeremy. Okay. I'm not worried know, about um, this game. Well, hold on. You made a statement. I'm going to go ahead and counter it, okay? Don't tell me about Joe Burrow, who knew a lot more about Lamar Chase than anybody since they played for the LSU Tigers. So he's happy. He got his, hey, listen, this is one of those situations where it's out for everybody. The Dolphins got a good wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. Jamar Chase went to Cincinnati. The Lions got the offensive lineman. Hey, it's, I always like to see teams win when they make those picks because they put a lot of time and effort into them. So I'm with you part of the way on this one, Jeremy. But when three teams have a scouting department to find the right pieces to build their puzzle, that's a different story. So, you know, but DJ Chark, yeah, I could see him extend a proven deal. But you know what? I've always thought with the Lions' indigent ways of drafting wide receivers, well, you had Kelvin Johnson, Mike Williams, and Charles Rogers, that you can find these guys in free agency. I don't have to sit here and draft a reach too deep. Now, there are some cases that works than Jamison Williams, where I think the Lions had enough patience to make it work, and this kid's going to be a stud. But I'm never really a big I don't like to see him drafted too much unless you know you got a sure shot like you did with Calvin Johnson. Wide receivers are hit and miss. You build them oh, up. I don't want a one in the first round. You know why? Because every single one of them in the first round, other than Cedric Tillman, is six foot or shorter and under 200 pounds. I said I want a big frame contested catch guy. The guy I want is Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. He's six foot five, 220 pounds. He runs a 4 4 40. Right. It's Calvin Johnson on a bad team. Okay, well, that's a good analogy. I like that. All right, George, some thoughts on DJ Chark. Um, I'm not here to predict that they're going to keep him. I have no idea what uh, Brad Holmes is thinking. And uh, Jeremy does bring up a good point. If they can find somebody in the that's a better receiver in the draft or on the, on the other teams, free agency, they'll go about and do it. So I think it's way too early to say that they're going to bring Chark back. I wish they would. I think he deserves a chance. But again, we'll have to just see how things play out and whether, you know, I'm happy with the other receivers they got right I'm, now. As long, I, I'm, as telling long, you what, I'm telling you what, if you can find somebody better than Shark, they might get him. Okay. Uh, three more people the, to talk about. Three more people the, to talk about. The ahead. offer that I think would be right is anything under $15 million a year for two to three years. And the reason why I say that is look at what Christian Kirk and Zay Jones got down there with the Mr. Moneybags in Jacksonville, who evidently has more money than brains. Well, let me tell you this. So you can say that, but let me tell you, when you're a bad team, you tend to overspend a little bit. The Tigers know when they brought in what Pudge Rodriguez and Maglio Ordonez when they weren't very good. So teams that obviously are bad will reach a little bit, spend money. So I'm not going to knock the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, three more players to get to. Jamison Williams, we already talked about him a lot. With uh, All I can tell you is I love the way the Lions have eased him in a little bit with Jacksonville, and then his first catch is a touchdown, 41 yards. A brief thought here on Jamison Williams. Jeremy. Speed. He feels the need, the need for speed, and he has it in spades. Okay, fair enough. George. I don't know. They had like about a dozen guys or maybe I don't know how many ended up catching, uh, uh, I mean, making receptions. I'm disappointed he only got, 
you know, two passes thrown his way. One of them obviously was the touchdown, but it's still early on. He's still getting used to the system. And uh, yeah, I like his speed. There's no question about it. I think he's an A plus right now as far as the potential. Yeah, I mean, I just like the way he went downfield and then golf lofted it, and that was an easy touchdown. When you look at easy touchdowns, what we saw was from golf all the way to Williams, they, they don't get easier than that. Okay, uh, Jeremy alluded to this guy. We'll mention him, and then we'll wrap it up with Dan Campbell. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'm telling you what, another mid-round pick who's doing awfully well. Top 10 wide receiver, in my opinion, right now to top to top 15. Uh, you can't have a guy that gets six to what he's been averaging six to 10 catches a game. He's averaging almost uh, 92.3 yards per game and a touchdown per game. Um, I, he's missed three games this year. So add it up. He's there. He's well, there. Yet another great pick by the lions, new regime in the middle rounds. George, go ahead. Yeah, I give him Lions credit again for taking St. Brown. I mean, yeah, six catches yesterday, uh, nine attempts uh, or nine uh, targets. Um, he did not get a touchdown yesterday, but they didn't need him to get one because they had plenty of other weapons. Um, he's one of the best receivers. I agree with Jeremy. I mean, he's come out of nowhere to be in that top 10 list, and I am I am very impressed with his potential. Right, he had Jeremy. a might. He had a minor injury his uh, senior year at USC. It kept him out for like a game and a half. Uh, he also dropped because he's only six foot tall. And people were afraid he wouldn't be able to make an impact in the NFL. According to PFN, NFL Network, and everything else, he was supposed to be a second-round pick. The reason why we grabbed him and then traded up to get Derek Barnes is because Amon Ross St. Brown was there, and they wanted him. All right, well, yeah. we'll, we'll go ask a question. I'll let you guys both answer it. I'm not gonna, I'm not big on awards, so I'll leave it to you guys to answer this one. That he thinks the Lions can win three awards, possibly most improved player, coach of the year, and defensive rookie of the year. All right, George, what's your comment on it? Well, I, I, yeah, the, 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 you know, I, he's referring to, of course, Goff and uh, Dan Campbell and, and Aiden Hutchinson. Um, yeah, again, and, and like I told you earlier, I mean, you know, typically these awards don't seem to go to Detroit. And the Lions, of course, didn't deserve very many of them, let's be honest, the last 40, 50 years. So all I'm saying is that the Lions have a chance. I agree, Will, with your estimation on that. Out of those three, I'm going to say the best chance is Campbell for Coach of the Year. What about you, Jeremy? Um, we have to remember there's somebody else that could get that most improved player of the year and possibly comeback player of the year if the Lions make the playoffs. You got Jared Goff and Jeff Okuda. Right. That's true. Yeah. And and then the defensive rookie of the year, right now, to me, it is Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. yeah but right even. now, I think he's second because I think either Tariq Woolen or Sauce Gardner is ahead of him. But now that the Jets are starting to lose, that scale's gonna tip, as well as the Seahawks. All right, so what I'm going to do yeah. there, Will, is of the three, I don't see them getting three. I may not even see them getting two. But if I had to choose one of the three, I'd go defensive rookie of the year for Aiden Hutchinson. Because he – well, I'm just saying of the three. We can disagree, George. I have no problem with that. I like Aiden Hutchinson, the intensity, and the way this kid plays. He's a hard-nosed player. The Lions haven't had a player of that impact that's hard-nosed since Dominic and Sue. That's mean and nasty and has character, so – so that's why I'm going to lean towards Aiden Hutchinson. I get it. 
What you can't say in Dominican Sue. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Chris Spielman, who was drafted here and wanted to play here. Aiden Hutchinson is that guy. The uh, Indomitian Sioux was mean and nasty, but he did not want to be in Detroit, and we knew no, that as soon as his contract came up. He's going on the first thing smoking to Miami for $367,000 more. Yeah, but you know what? I, I am going to say it because, number one, Jeremy, my thought process, even though he didn't want to be in Detroit, there was a mean and nastiness effect, the way he stepped on Rodgers and all that. So I like mean and nastiness and character. Now, I agree with you. They didn't want to be there. They, and he's moved around a little. I mean, let's face it. He's capitalized on his monetary opportunities and done well for himself. I'm not, and he has a Super Bowl ring to show for it too. So and might have a second one after this season. Right. Okay. So there you go. He he went to the land of opportunity to get that thing called a ring. Thing called a ring. So I'm looking at Will's question in the sense that of the three, oh, yeah. Well, whatever. It's okay. That's why we. No, have I had an evil thought go through my mind. You know what yeah, he well, is? Sure. He's the That's NFL all- defensive tackle version of LeBron James. Okay, well, that's interesting. Jason Rings. <laughs> hey, listen, I have no problem with a guy chasing rings at all. For the most part. Neither do I. Neither do I. I, I just, it, it just popped in my head right there. Yeah, but you're in this to win championships. You go where you can. And, you know, nowadays a lot of players don't stay in one place. So, of the three, I would go toward Aiden Hutchinson. Final topic of the night, we will talk about Dan Campbell. I mentioned it time before and i'll mention it one more time dan campbell has discovered the field goal and i'm not a math major okay but my father-in-law fred ebling is okay and i plan and i'm looking forward to seeing him in about 10 days or whatever 12 days whatever it is but the lions have discovered the field goal and guess what they're valued at three points so when you're always losing by close margins as long as you got a field goal dan at least you can have it and then you might win these games that you let get away. More power to Dan Campbell. So what are your thoughts, George, about the improvement of Dan Campbell? No, I think he's improved a lot. I mean, game management, he he called a great game. Uh, that, that was a masterful effort against Minnesota. He's had some really good improvements over the last couple of weeks with time management and things like that. Um, the fake punt uh, of C.J. Moore, we didn't talk about it, but my God, the kid gained 42 yards on that fake punt. And then the pass to Sewell, I think that they're using some creativity and they're also using more game sense as far as, like I said, timeouts, time management, and calling the plays the right way. Well, here's the thing. The Lions are on house money. Nobody expects them to win. Why not dial up a bunch of trick plays and throw everybody off? Because when you're a team that's that has not been very good for a while, then they can play loose. They can. And then he keeps the other teams off balance. So I like the creativity, the trick plays. I've never been overly crazy when he went too many times on fourth down, but you know, you take it for whatever it's worth. And I think he's done a heck of a job and he's grown as a coach and I can only see the upside. So I'm going to give Jeremy the last word before we go out there and have exit identifications. All right, Jeremy. I think the maturation of Dan Campbell started in the Dallas game. Okay. When we were getting housed by Dallas, he took the field goals when we were there. He didn't go for it as much on fourth down. You know how, how I know? The last three games we played, we've had over 20 first downs. And we are having an above 50% on third down 
and might go for it twice on fourth down. A couple of the games, we didn't go for it at all. <coughs> so that being said, the maturation of Dan Campbell is happening right before our eyes, along with Bell, Ben Johnson. And right. yes, we've had other offensive coordinators who, was, who had some, some of those plays that made you go, wow, that was electric. Last year at Caldwell with Jim Bob Cooter, he had some electric plays that season, that double flea flicker for the touchdown pass and stuff like that. Matt Patricia comes in and goes, hey, I really like you. As an offensive co coordinator, you got to stop that crap. Darren Bevel comes in after they fire Jim Bob Cooter, does the same thing that first year, the year that we were so electric and Matt Stafford had his best passing games of his career, those first eight games before the back injury. Next year, you got to tone that down. Well, there you go. It made no sense. Well, I can tell you right now, based on everything you said, Jeremy, the Lions are getting flexed. Period. <laughs> bringing it to that, now you just thought, you 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 just did is you got the Lions on national television, Jeremy, with your comments, and we know that. You know, nobody uh, does better on stats than you do for sure. And you know how to talk your way into things. And remember, Mr. Jeremy, okay, I've been doing this a whole lot longer than you, and I love it when you learn from me. And you know what? I'm the teacher, and you're the pupil. And that's, that's okay. Fine. And you know what? You're a good pupil. <clears throat> you're, you're a quick learner. So the Lions are getting flexed, Jeremy, okay? And we'll see what happens next week if I have to eat my words, if they lose to the Jets. So with that said, Jeremy, why don't you give me a prediction? We're not losing. We're not losing to the Jets. Okay. Mike White's out, which means they got to give one of the two guys that lost the locker room the starting job back, which means it's right. either Joe, Joe, I'm so old, I can barely stand up Flacco, or Zach, I want to do everybody's mom's Wilson. Well, got because Chris, uh, that's all he does is throw bombs and bang moms. It's all over about what happened at BYU. And he was very upset when he went there because he saw that their mascot was a cougar. He was upset because he found out it wasn't an older woman. It was the actual animal. God, but that I'm means. Not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Fucking it. Just give me a score already. Come on. 34 to 24. Okay. Lions win. Make sure you write that in your article, too, so I can cross-reference it next Monday night. All right, George, go ahead. There you there. Uh, well, I'm going to say that the Lions are going to lose this one. They're going to go on the road and lose. They are going to lose by a score of 27 to 21. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll give the Motor City Kitties the edge 33-27. So with that said... We'll see six points now, under ten and, as it always is. So, all right. With well, that Vogels, said, that's thirty-one to twenty Lions. All right. Well, obviously, Vogel went out there and said that he's an honorary Lions fan, so you might as well drink the Kool Aid, right, Vogel? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. And we appreciate. I'll his, share. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> his activity in the chat room. He really lit things up and brought some pretty good subjects to the forefront. All right, Jeremy. With that said, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Uh, you can find me at Smoking Jeremy B on Twitter. You can also find me on www.southfloridatribute.com at the Motor City Tribune heading as the list of authors where I write about the, our beloved Motor City Cardiac Cats. Then I'm also on Kneecap Biting with Smoking Jeremy B. I'm on Fire Up Michigan every Monday right here. And I'm also 
now going to be on Sideline Sports. Yeah, Sideline's a good partner with us, and J.B. Ellis and the rest of that group. I appear on a couple of their shows a week, and I've, I'm, I'm actually now a consultant for Sideline Sports as well. So, you know, we got a good group. All right, George, you have a lot to talk about. You're, you don't have the normal exit, so go out well, there. And the, uh, I did want to mention we are bringing breaking news on this show. Detroit Pistons guard Cade Cunningham gone for the year. He is going to have season-ending surgery in case the folks watching our show have not heard. Um, I'm an author, Detroit Sports Broadcasters on the Air, where you can reminisce about Van Patrick, Bob Reynolds, uh, calling the Detroit Lions games, and Jim Brandstatter and Frank Beckman, all the wonderful sportscasters we've had in Detroit. And there's also my dear friend who I've known for all these years, Scott Morganroth, is in there. Scott, you're interviewing Jimmy Connors, two of the greatest of all time, uh, Muhammad Ali and Jimmy Connors. My book is available at the South Florida Tribune website. There's a link to it. And also you can get it from Arcadia or Amazon. Um, you can find me on this show every Monday night. I write for the Motor City Tribune, uh, South Florida Journal, at South Florida Tribune, and also the Detroit Monitor. You can reach me on GICorn at Yahoo.com and on Twitter at SNG Sports 99. All right. Well, we'll give it to you very brief here. We have a, a little bit to get to. Obviously, Fire Up Michigan can be heard on iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, Excuse me, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Also, you can go ahead and see this broadcast on the South Florida Tribune. So if you haven't subscribed, please go to YouTube.com and hit the subscribe button for the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel, and that'll work. If you want to email us, have any questions, comments, or you want to be a guest, contact us at SouthFloridaTribune at gmail.com. I always welcome new faces and for this as a new place. Our website is www.southfordertribune.com. Kudos to Candy Evelyn, who does a marvelous job putting the content up, the written content, as well as the broadcast. And last but not least, you can find me on Twitter at Tribune South. So South Florida Tribune is at Tribune South. So great show by George and Jeremy. And I love Jeremy's statistics. And I, you know, and your enthusiasm is very infectious. So if there's anybody who has as much enthusiasm, and Jeremy, reach out to me because this guy got it. So good job once again. And we use Jeremy on more than this show. And he always comes on other shows when we need him. So he's a real big asset to what we're doing. So, George, well, what can I say about you? I mean, you know, we've only been at this for 43 years. So that's all. more than a lot of people have been around. So we, we pretty much know what we're doing. So, But meanwhile, on behalf of Smoking Jeremy B. and George Icorn, my name is Scott Morgan around the Motor City Madmouth. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Fire of Michigan, and we will catch you next Monday night. Goodbye, everybody, and enjoy your week. Fire up, Michigan. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>